Friends, welcome in the name of our risen Lord Jesus Christ. I invite you to join your voices together as we worship our faithful God. Would you please sing together, guide me, O my great Redeemer, and you may stand as we sing. The psalmist proclaims, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest secure because you will not abandon me to the grave, nor will you let your Holy One see decay. You have made known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. And the Apostle Peter speaks to us words of hope when he says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you. And brothers and sisters in Christ, friends, 
we have come together to celebrate and to remember the life of Joanne Horstman and give thanks for God's faithfulness to her and to all his people. As we gather, we recognize that we come with a whole mix of emotions. We are here this morning with sorrow and loss, to be sure, but also with joy and thanksgiving, the result of a wealth of rich memories. And we gather not only in that wealth of memories and emotions, but ultimately we gather this morning in the hope that we have because of what our Lord Jesus Christ has done for Joanne and for all of us. I invite you now to bring all of those emotions and these memories before our God and seek his comfort as we pray together. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, our creator and redeemer, in whose presence there is no darkness and in whose presence there is no death, we worship and adore you, the living God. Lord Jesus Christ, the resurrection and the life, who tasted death for everyone and who brought life and immortality to light, we praise your name for victory over death and the grave. Holy Spirit, author and giver of life, comforter of those who sorrow, we praise your name for the light and hope of your presence within our hearts. And before you, holy and triune God, we offer our worship and adoration, even in the face of death and the grave. Blessing and honor, glory and power, wisdom and strength belong to you, triune God, both now and forever. Holy triune God, gathered around your throne in glory is that great company of all the saints who have kept the faith, finished the race, and who now rest from their labors. We give you thanks and praise that you have now received Joanne into your presence. Help us here on earth to believe that which we cannot see, trusting in Christ who said, I go to prepare a place for you. And bring us all at last with all your saints into the joy of your eternal home through Jesus Christ our Lord. And most merciful God, whose wisdom is beyond our understanding, we ask that you would be gracious to Joanne's family and friends. Surround them with your love, grant them confidence in your goodness, and give them strength to meet the days to come. We pray all of this through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And now we're going to hear more words from Scripture. Dustin Horstman, Joanne's grandson, is going to read Psalm 121. I lift up my eyes to the hills, from where will my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. He who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time on and forevermore.
1 Thessalonians 4, verses 13 through 18. But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about those who have died, so that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have died. For this we declare to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will be by no means precede those who have died. For the Lord himself, with the cry of command, with the archangel's call, and with the sound of God's trumpet, will descend from heaven, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up in the clouds together with them to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. All of the passages of Scripture this morning have been chosen by Joanne's family. Um, they chose Hebrews 10, 19 through 25, and then jumping down to verse 11, chapter 11, verse 1, as particularly fitting for this service to remember and celebrate her life. And so we're going to hear now from Hebrews 10, and I invite you to pray with me as we continue to hear God's Word. Lord Jesus Christ, You are the living Word of God. To whom else should we, to whom else can we go? You alone have the words of eternal life. And as we hear again now from Your Word, may Your Spirit write its message on our hearts and feed our souls with its nourishing truth. Amen. Hebrews chapter 10, 19 through 25, and then chapter 11, verse 1. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. And then chapter 11, verse 1. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So typically, we read that passage from the letter to the Hebrews with the eyes of faith and hope. And hopefully, as a result of reading those words, Having confidence, we obediently draw near to God in faith and hope. But we enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, and we do so even here and now in this life, in this passing age. But we recognize that we do so in a still incomplete way, a way that yearns for a greater fulfillment, 
We know that we pass through into the holy places by the blood of Jesus alone, by the new and the living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is through his flesh. And we stand, all of us, in the presence of God, but not as we one day will. And even in the season of Lent that has just begun, when the members of Christ's church are contemplating their mortality, contemplating the brevity of all human life, which is why we're gathered here today, we still read these words knowing that the consummation of that greater entrance into the holy place is, for all of us, still some ways away. For some of us, maybe shorter and some of us longer. Now, to be clear, when the author of Hebrews says that we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, he is speaking of nothing less than the body and blood sacrifice of Jesus on the cross to pay the debt of our sin. And he is speaking of nothing less than entrance into the very presence of God. And no longer just the symbol of God's presence of the holy holies in a temple that was made by stones and so therefore only a shadow of the real things. But we're talking about an entrance into the very spiritual throne of God in heaven opened for us by Jesus Christ. But still, we typically read this knowing that our entrance into God's presence by the grace of God in Jesus Christ awaits that greater fulfillment. And so, the words of Paul in his first letter to the Corinthians describes our, our situation. He says, now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. But this morning, we read these verses, thinking of Joanne, and, and suddenly the angle of our vision is shifted. And the distance between the already and the not yet is bridged. She sees not as in a mirror dimly face-to-face. She knows not in part, but fully, even as she has always been fully known by her Father in heaven. She has now drawn near to God fully and without mediation. She stands in the presence of the great high priest of God's house, whose flesh was torn and whose blood was spilled for her and for our salvation, and who interceded for her and intercedes for all of the saints without ceasing. She stands in the presence of God, not in faith and in hope, but in full sight of that which we have not yet seen. She stands in the presence of God in the fulfillment of those things that she had hoped for. And now we here experience this as loss. But for Joanne, it is gain, because as Paul said, to live is Christ, and to die is gain, for it is better by far to be with Christ. Now again, all of this, to be clear about all of this, she stands in God's presence not by her own works of righteousness, but entirely by the merits of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. But speaking of works of righteousness, or maybe what the passage from Hebrews that we read just 
moments ago would call love and good works, stirring one another up to, to love and good works. I was recently talking in two separate conversations with Joanne's granddaughter, Jessica, and then with her daughter, Jana. And both conversations involved us trying to piece together what made Joanne the way she was. In short, um, a woman of Christ-like character and virtue. How did she become the woman she was? And the, so that's the short version. She was a woman of Christ-like character and virtue. The longer version is a, a quiet woman of inexplicably sweet disposition, committed to honesty and integrity in both her personal and professional life, committed to loyalty and kindness, and especially, especially notable, this notable ability to be patient and virtuous in suffering and hardship a woman who was long-suffering and refused to cave to bitterness or, or give way to complaint. And so in her own way, in these conversations, I was thinking, Joanne really kind of lived out Paul's words to the Philippians. I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low and I know how to, to abound. In every in any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. And so the question is, what makes a person like that? And more specifically, what made Joanne like that? Is it genetic? Is it generational? Is it sheer determination of will? The final answer actually stares us in the face from the words of Hebrews that we read. It is the gracious work of Jesus Christ not only to atone for our sin and, and so to usher us into the presence of God himself, but also it is the work of Jesus Christ to effect a real transformation in our lives even here on this side of death. So the author of Hebrews describes it like this. He, he used the words, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Now that's a reference, of course, to baptism. But we know that baptism is an outward sign of an inward grace, a real transformation of hearts and minds and wills that were enslaved to sin into hearts and minds and wills that are set free unto the love and the good works of righteousness for which God made all of us. And we should note, too, to get into the weeds of this text, the sprinkling and the washing that Hebrews speaks of are passive verbs. They're not things that we do ourselves. So what makes a person this way? What made Joanne that way? It's not something we do to ourselves. It's something that actually God does by His Holy Spirit to us and in us. And so the faith and hope and the accompanying faithfulness, love, and good works that Joanne exhibited in her life was, in fact, the product of her salvation, the product of what our God did for her and in her through Christ Jesus and made effective in her life by the Holy Spirit. There's actually also an unavoidable confusions of the word faith and faithful and faithfulness in this passage and then elsewhere in the New Testament, the Greek word used to describe our faith is the same exact word that is used to describe the faithfulness of the one who promised, the faithfulness of God. 
And so the faith and the hope that Joanne evidenced in her life is not, in a very real sense, distinguishable from the faithfulness of the one who promised. Our faith, her faith, is entirely a product of the faithfulness of God. And as the author to Hebrews tells us in that first verse of chapter 11, faith, I'm going to reinterpret it a little bit, faith is God realizing within us, within His people, all of the hopes of the age to come when the power of death is broken forever and all of our tears are wiped away forever. Those are the things not yet seen. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for. That word assurance could be translated substance. Maybe it should be translated that way. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the reality of those things hoped for made present by God in our lives here and now. So faith, then, is the gift of God that makes real inside of us the substance of the unseen realities of heaven itself. And so people of faith are therefore above all things witnesses to the King of heaven and His own faithfulness and steadfast love. Now, Joanne was always a member of the great cloud of witnesses that the author of Hebrews speaks of in the next chapter, in chapter 12, just as all of us who are in Christ are members of that cloud of witnesses. And as a member of that great cloud of witness, she bore witness in every kind word she ever spoke, in every chocolate chip cookie she ever made, in every pig in the blanket she ever rolled with her sisters and brothers in Christ, probably at that point mostly sisters in Christ, in every account that she ever balanced, in every conversation with every customer she ever had, in every encouraging word she said to a child or a grandchild, in every blanket she ever crocheted, in every bit of suffering she quietly endured, in all of it, as a member of that company of saints, she bore faithful witness to the faithfulness of God and to the very life of heaven. And now, Joanne has joined that great company of saints who have preceded us into the unmediated presence of our Lord as He sits enthroned at the right hand of the Father. She has preceded us into the unmediated presence of the Lord where she will no longer endure any suffering, but will know only the eternal bliss of those who see God face to face. And as we remember this woman of faith, one in whom God had placed the very substance of that for which we hope, she would surely have us remember that in both life and in death, she bore witness to the faithfulness of the God to whom she belongs. And she would want us to turn our attention to Him. It would be appropriate that we redirect our gaze to the faithful God that she was always pointing us toward that we would, having confidence to enter the holy places by the flesh and blood of Jesus, our high priest, that we would draw near to our God with hearts made true by His grace. And so I invite you to do that now as we pray together. Would you please pray with me? Father of mercies and God of all consolation, 
You are the living God. You are the God of the living, those living on earth and those living in heaven. We glorify you. We magnify your holy name. You, the God of steadfast love and never-ending mercies, are our refuge in times of trouble, our light in the darkness, and our only hope in the valley of the shadow of death. Comfort this family and Joanne's friends in their loss and in their sorrow. Lift them by the power of your Holy Spirit from grief into the peace and light of your presence. Your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, by dying has destroyed our death and by rising has restored our life. So enable us now to press on toward him so that after our earthly course is run, you may reunite us with those we love when every tear is wiped away. And again, our gracious Father, we give you thanks that Joanne, for Joanne, faithful wife, mother, grandmother, great-grandmother, sister, aunt, friend. We give you thanks for this woman who was a gift of your faithfulness to so many and who entered and so deeply enriched their lives. And we remember your mercies to Joanne, for like all of us, she needed your forgiveness and your grace. We thank you for all in her that was faithful and good, kind and forgiving, generous and joyful. And we pray that she may hear your commendation. Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your Lord. And so into your hands, O merciful Savior, we commend your servant, Joanne. Acknowledge, we humbly pray, a sheep of your own fold, a lamb of your own flock, a sinner of your own redeeming. Receive her into the arms of your mercy into the blessed rest of everlasting peace and into the glorious company of the saints in light. We ask all of this in the name of our faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. And now, if you are able, I invite you to stand as we sing together, Help from a Foundation.
following the benediction and our singing of the doxology, you are invited to join the family for a light lunch just back there in the fellowship hall. So I'm going to actually pray now for that meal before we sing together, and I extend to you God's blessing. Let's pray. Our loving Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for your blessings and provision that are made evident in the meal that the family and the friends of Joanna are about to share. And again, we ask your blessings on their conversation, on their fellowship. We grant them your peace, the consolation of your Holy Spirit, and the hope and the joy of the resurrection. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I invite you to receive the blessing of God as you go. May the love of God and the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ bless and console you and gently wipe every tear from your eyes. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And let's sing now together.